Where would you see the letters C, D, E, F, L, O, P, T and Z? Hopefully. The answer to that at the end of the show. My name's Tom Scott and this is Lateral. Our guests today have been selected by a shortlist of attributes we like to call the four C's. Cleverness, competence, charisma and caffeine. So with that, we'll have some stimulating conversation with Bill Sunderland returning as one of our regulars, one half of Escape This Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm I'm excited to do another one. I return so often because it's so much fun to play this game. <laughs> we always love having you back. How are things going? Uh, they they're going well. Uh, lots of like podcast stuff is going well. I'm it's late. It's very late, Tom. It's very late, and I'm tired. So if so, if you're listening at home and you think, oh, this guy's doesn't know anything. I know everything. Two hours ago, it's slowly disappearing. We have three guests across three very different time zones right now. It is something close to midnight for Bill, and it is somewhere close to 3pm for Anna Porshaisky. Welcome back to the show. Uh, I have you still listed as materials scientist and storyteller. Yeah, absolutely. That hasn't changed. Um, hello from London, everybody. <laughs> to be fair, we're recording this about, t- about 10 minutes after finishing the last time you were on, so... <laughs> yeah, haven't haven't moved. Um, yeah, I'm a material scientist and storyteller, so my work is all about trying to find fun and interesting narratives, different ways of telling scientific stories to engage lots of different audiences with ideas in science and engineering. And how was it last time? Because it was your first time on the show the last time you were here. It was. I. It, you know what? It actually really reminds me of back in the day when I was a lab scientist, because there's very much an, an element of like just spitballing ideas, saying the first thing that comes into your head. Uh, could it be related to this? Who knows? Let's find out. <laughs> and also joining us very early in the morning after getting up to watch a rocket launch, Scott Manley. Hello again. Delighted to be here one more time, Uh, hopefully with a a little more success this time. It is early for me. Oh, I think it it went well last time. I mean, the last time I saw you, it was while the SpaceX, I can't remember which rocket it was. It was going up for the first time and I, I was in the same room as you as it actually took off from the pad. Yeah, we're watching on an iPad and yeah, I, I remarked uh, a a statement for the ages, let's see, which we will not repeat here. It was, it was quite profane. Yeah, it was it was amazing, though, to watch that in the company of uh, such a distinguished guest, let's see. <laughs> and also me. There were like 10 people there. <laughs> yes, but they were all had so many followers on the internet. So it was like the entire internet was watching with me. As you said something we are not going to repeat on this podcast. <laughs> you can look Google Scott Manley Starship and they'll probably find it somewhere. <laughs> and yes, Tom is in the backdrop. As regular listeners will know, getting the right answers to our devious questions is as simple as finding a needle in a haystack at night while using boxing gloves during a hurricane. So with good luck to our guests, we start with this. A listener question sent in by Aaron. In late 1943, Danish fishermen started sprinkling the decks of their ships with a mixture of dried rabbit blood and cocaine. Why? One more time. In late 1943, Danish fishermen started sprinkling the decks of their ships with a mixture of dried rabbit blood and cocaine. Why? Well, look, this was 1943, so something was definitely happening. Something was definitely (laughs) happening. We know this. (laughs) 
Oh, that's, a, that's a call on. back to the last episode. Yeah, we are we are definitely in a historical period here where something was happening. It was obviously to attract German U-boats out of the water, right? Because yeah. you know the the you know, Nazi forces were famous for their uh, drug consumption. Well, I I think luring something from the depths might not be the worst idea that we've had so far. They were trying to recruit the Kraken to fight yes. the Nazis. That would be amazing. The crack and yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. We don't have we don't have immediate puns very often on this podcast. I'm genuinely impressed. <laughs> but it, it's not the crack and it's something worse. That we're trying to get seagulls. Seagulls. <gasps> they are very scary. To be fair. Oh yes, rats with wings. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know there was that cocaine bear film. I've got cocaine seagull in my head now, and I don't know quite what that would involve. It's coming 2025. How does a how does a thing with a beak snort coke? <laughs> with great difficulty. It would have to have full contact. Yeah, but we're all imagining, I think, slightly different arrangements of beak and table here. Agreed. <laughs> okay, 1943, Denmark. Fisherman. Rabbit droppings and cocaine on the deck. Rabbit blood and cocaine. Oh, Rabbit I'm so blood. sorry. Well then, oh, then I've got it. <laughs> Easy. Completely different. <laughs> rabbit blood and cocaine. Would it be to do with the colour of the rabbit blood? Were the ships too, were the ships light light coloured in the water so they could be seen and maybe bombed? And the only thing they could find was rabbit blood. <laughs> yeah. Famously, no paint in Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, all the black paint's been taken for the war effort. I mean, maybe. Were they, were they doing the Norse thing and they were using like rowboats uh, and so they needed to like, you know, give them some energy and so this <laughs> the cocaine there and the blood, it would be like Viking blood and cocaine in close proximity makes you roll harder. I don't know. No? I don't know how many long boats were involved in 1943's warfare. In World War II? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure these are rowboats either. These are fishermen. Yeah, oh, they're, they're fishermen, that's right. They're also fishermen. Right. I got so obsessed with the fact that there was a war on, I forgot that these people were fishing. Mm. <laughs> All right. So you're fishing. Does, is, there something, do you, is there something that you can attract, some kind of fish that you can attract with rabbit blood and cocaine? Or when you take the fish and you put them on the deck, does it wake them up and make it easier for you to see the ones that you want to toss out or something? Or does it knock sharks out so you can like beat them and yeah? Well, cocaine would like make the sharks even more vicious. You would think. Not necessarily. It's not a sedative, though, is it? I think. Well, I think we gotta be careful about ascribing our human reactions to narcotics yeah. to you know different it's species, fair. especially something as old as sharks. Yeah, you are not along the right lines, but <laughs> I hope not. There's certainly animals involved in this. Well, yeah, rabbits. And yes, the historical events going on at the time are very relevant. This is a World War II story. Good, okay. Mm. So, what side is Denmark on? That's a very important question here. Weren't they occupied <laughs> by the the Nazis? Yes. Right. So, um, you're, you're Denmark. You're occupied by the Nazis. So they would get boarded by the British and then... Oh, not by the British. When the Nazis board the boat they'll slip on the blood and then they'll accidentally snort the cocaine when they land and then what are they going to do 
the very first part of that sentence, Bill, when the Nazis board the boat, correct. Everything after that, Ooh. wild flight of fantasy. Well, I don't know. Well, look, I've set it up. Uh, one of you two can knock it down. I've got the Nazis on the boat. You've got to find out what to do with them. Right. The Nazis are on the boat. What do they want? They want to commandeer the boat. Does it make it really smelly? So they don't want the they so they won't commandeer the boats? Or <laughs> does it cover the do all the sea were we right with seagulls? The seagulls like blood and cocaine, I'm here, it's a party, and they f- land on the boat. And then Nazis hate fun fact. Nazis hate seagulls. That's how that's how we won the war. <laughs> <laughs> Nazis want the boat or the fish. No, Nazis want the boat. We're all, we're just watching Tom's eyes as we say <laughs> things Nazis want and see what he <laughs> nods or shakes his head at. The the other clue there was animals. You successfully went down that aisle. What animals okay. might the Nazis have brought with them onto the boat? <gasps> Dogs. Dogs. Why Nazis hate then? seagulls, love dogs. Yeah. Even Hitler loved dogs. Does it just confuse the dogs? Like, the dogs, they sniff. They go, blood, let me sniff that. Now yeah. they're sniffing cocaine everywhere. So, wait, wait. They were trying to take people out of Germany to, like, safe spaces, That's it. right? They were trying, all right? And they had to stop the dogs finding the people. And the dogs won't be able to smell um... anything when they got blood and cocaine in their nose. Yeah, they'd just start frothing at the nose and... <laughs> They were evacuating Jewish people out of Denmark across the Orison Strait to Sweden. The Nazis would board the boat looking for stowaways with sniffer dogs, so they sprinkled blood wow. from rabbits and cocaine on the deck to confuse the dogs. Our first guest question this show then uh, comes from Anna, whenever you're ready. Okie dokie. This listener question has been sent in by Oliver Forrest, which is his second question on the podcast. Congratulations. Here we go. In an episode of the medical drama ER, a patient called Mrs. Gardasco accidentally overdoses on her tuberculosis medication by taking 10 pills more than prescribed over 24 hours. How? I'll say that again. In an episode of the medical drama ER, a patient called Mrs. Gardasco accidentally overdoses on her tuberculosis medication by taking 10 pills more than prescribed over 24 hours. How? Were these suppositories? <laughs> <laughs> Not relevant to the question. Scott just finds this very funny. <laughs> That's all he needs. That's it. Scott's gone. Scott's just collapsed into laughter there at the idea of someone taking 10 more suppositories than necessary. Taking one? That's hilarious. 10? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. We've not, we've not had someone completely collapse laughing on the show before, but it's, it's really, really tickled Scott, this has. It wasn't even <laughs> somebody else's joke. <laughs> All right, so we're, we're taking pills. We're taking pills here. I don't know how we're taking them. Some form, but the pills are being taken. Correct. Ten more in a day. Also, this is, this is ER, which I keep... Every time I hear that, I hear it as a Yorkshire person saying, here you are. Here you are. Um, so, so, okay, surely we, we, it's like, is it details to how something is prescribed? Like, take once daily, somehow is read wrong as take this 10 times, better keep taking it, never stop. Like, is there a way it can be written that makes this happen? You're along the right lines there. Did she have short-term memory loss? No. 
Okay, so prescription is perhaps wrong. Or ambiguous. I think Bill mm. I think Bill's along the right lines there. Like it's it's an ambiguously phrased prescription or something like that. No, the prescription is correct. Okay. Mm. Okay. So ten times more. Ten pills more. It's my favourite song from Les Mis. <laughs> so now it could be that she needs two and therefore is taking five times as much medication. So it'd be like, you know, uh, every four hours, right? Take every four hours, except somehow that got... Oh, take every 24 hours, but in fact, the prescription said take every four hours. Someone scratched out the two. It's No, it's not to do with the frequency. Hmm. So it's a pill. So it's not going to be like... She was meant to take a tenth of a pill and she took a full one. It's 10 whole pills extra. And it's not like pills right. come in yes. packs of 11. So she can't have uh, kind of misread it as take one and she takes the full pack each time. Right, but it could be a pack of 12 and she was supposed to take two and took 12. Okay, yeah. Could be. You didn't, now, we didn't get her first name. Is her first name plus 10 pills? Is her name like Mrs. <laughs> plus 10 pills... Gabrioni or whatever, whichever the surname was. You're on the right lines. The wording of the packet or the prescription mm. um, is something to do with it. Yeah. It's correct, but misinterpretable. Yes. Take two daily. Take 12. There's 12 hours in the clock. Was she meant to take two and then... Ah, oh, it's going to be some horrible pun concocted by the writers that makes it ambiguous either way that wouldn't occur in reality and I cannot solve it and it's really annoying me. Yeah, because writers are writers. <laughs> oh, like a good pun in our show. Yeah, so Bill, you were right when the prescription, the correct prescription should have been take once a day. Okay, once a day. Now, I don't know. I'm, I have no frame of reference for this, so someone's going to have to tell me if this could ever be true. Do you think 11 pills weighs one ounce? It's like, take an ounce a day. She's like, I'm taking an ounce of pills a day and, and piles them all up and downs it. You're, you're thinking in the right way, but it's not to do with ounces. Okay. okay. Take once per day. Take one dozen per day. How might she have misinterpreted the instructions? Take once per day. And she said, no, how dare you lie to me and took 10 just out of spite. There were 11 in the packet and, and she interpreted take once a day to mean that you take the entire bottle. Because American pills still come in bottles. That surprised me. If you're in uh, Europe, you depends. cannot buy. I, I went to get allergy meds and you can just get 365 pills in one <laughs> single bottle like you can just get massive jars of painkillers and those have not been legal in Europe for a long time yeah but you can also get like a thing a blister pack of, of yeah. allergy meds yeah. very specifically so yeah also I feel like I should explain it like they uh it's it's quite a bleak reason but they're not legal over here because uh banning those big uh kind of easy to open jars has reduced the suicide rate because if oh, you wow. don't have the ability to have a hundred pills without popping them out of a blister pack, you are less likely to, you know. Yeah. Okay, let's get back to the question. Um, so the the problem is that this patient has misinterpreted what the packet says. She was supposed to take one. Instead, she took 11. Is it a misprint and the, the number one has been doubled up? 
Um, but it seems like the the packet is correct and she is wrong. Did she was she did she have double vision? No, the packet is and she doesn't have double vision and the packet is correct. Take once a day. I feel like we're missing something obvious here. She has tuberculosis. Is that relevant? Do we do we need to add some tuberculosis? The, no, the t- the TB the, the TB isn't relevant. Um it's actually something to do with her herself. Um the name Mrs. Gardasco might be a clue. Mrs. Gardasco. Is that a nationality that is relevant linguistically? Uh, Maybe. Gardasco, is that an Italian name? Oh, isn't... Onche uh, is, or something like that in, is yes. 11 in another language. In all those romance languages, they're all the same. It's one of those languages. I don't know which one. Uh, keep guessing. Keep guessing. Uh, French. Italian. Keep- Spanish. Yes. <laughs> so the Spanish word for 11 is once, which is spelt the same as once, oh. O-N-C-E. So when Someone it said, found that out. They were so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is an episode. When it said take once per day. Once per day. When it said take once per day, she read that as take 11 per day. That's so good. Next question's from me. In the banqueting room of the Royal Pavilion in Brighton, England... There is a wooden stand near the fireplace. It has an oval panel, roughly one foot in width, on top of a three-foot vertical post and base. What's it for? So one more time. In the banqueting room of the Royal Pavilion in Brighton, England, there is a wooden stand near a fireplace. It has an oval panel, roughly one foot in width, on top of a three-foot vertical post and base. What's it for? Your coffee, obviously. Uh, to put to, to rest it while you watch the fire. Yeah. Done. Next. Perhaps I should clarify, a one-foot vertical oval panel on top of a three-foot base. You know what? I wasn't picturing like you could put a coffee on it, but I was definitely picturing it at 45 degrees to the ground. So I'm glad we can add a 45 and we can have a vertical oval on a stick. It's for trick shots, obviously, bouncing ping pong balls into the fireplace. We are at a fireplace very explicitly. But wood famously quite flammable. (laughs) also true do we heat something on it from the fire oh 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 do you know what you could put on a little you know what look at this look at this guy look at me see see i got like a face it's like a face shaped thing you know what i would wear if i was someone going to brighton pavilion i'd put my bloody wig on it i'd take my beautiful wig i've come in from the rain because it's england it's definitely raining and i walk into brighton pavilion i think oh my it's pouring out there and my wig is terribly damp. Oh, just put it on the wig stand by the fire and then come join us for a banquet. Wig off. On the stand. Dry wig. And I get to eat some food. I was <laughs> looking at me. I was, one, I was wondering either the character work was going to continue or if someone else was going to come in and riff off that. But no. Um, no, I was waiting for you to confirm whether it was correct. Wig stand? Yeah, obviously. Wig stand. Wig stand. Wig stand. You have identified the basics of this, but it's not a wig stand. And it's not to dry something. But so, wait, so I've worked out nothing. Because <laughs> you came in and you pointed at your face, at your oval face, and said... An oval face. Something like, look at this bloody guy. I can't remember what it was. It was something like that. That sounds like me. That's along the right sort of lines. Yeah, so obviously it's where you dry your space masks when you're doing, like, Victorian Mission Impossible. Right? You know, you've made your <laughs> mask off the thing. you got to dry it by the fire, and then you're ready to go... Right, now I can perform my heist using like dimensional portals or whatever, right? 
That's it. If I can get gateways off my website. Is it so that you can approach the fire um, and be close to the fire, but that your face doesn't get too hot? <sighs> it doesn't melt your makeup. Yes. I, and that's the last bit, Bill. Correct. There you go. Victorian makeup back then, You, if it got too warm, your face would sort of start to melt. So this is... <laughs> Absolutely right, Anna. So oh. Victorian ladies could get close to the fire and not have their face start to melt. Wow, I had no idea. <laughs> oh, when you were saying that, I was like, that's the most... Hey, Anna, that's the craziest idea anyone's ever had. And you were completely right. I mean, we've all been there with our face melting, right? So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, all the time. I sit by the fire, face falls off. The question source here is actually from the kids' tour of Brighton Pavilion. They don't mention this to the adults. Yeah. It's not It's not an important thing on that. But somewhere on the kids' tour, they mentioned that, yes, that screen is there to stop Victorian ladies' makeup melting off. Bill, over to you for the next question. Okay, here we go. In 2006, David Fern changed his name by deed poll. His new middle names now included Kill, Die and Gun, the registrar was amused, but not concerned. Why? And I'll give it to you one more time. In 2006, David Fern changed his name by deed poll. His new middle names now included Kill, Die and Gun. The registrar was amused, but not concerned. Why? W was he German? Was his original surname Fern, did you say? Or uh, so I, you're going to have to forgive whatever pronunciation I have. F-E-A-R-N. Fian? Oh, yeah. Fern. Fern? No, no, I heard you correctly. I wasn't sure if it was Burn with a B. It was not. I think, Scott, you're onto something there. Did you say it was German? Well, I don't know. Die is like the or something like the. that. Yeah. The yeah. Bart. The. Yeah. Kill the burn. <laughs> Kill the gun. Uh, no, the no other languages here. It's the word kill, the word die, the word gun. Uh, is it die, D-I-E, or die, uh, D-I? D-I-E. Gun and G-U-N or A-N-N. Gun. G-U-N. There's a long history of people changing their name for stunts in Britain. I'm pretty sure someone at my old university once changed their name to... In my head, it's like Weetabix, the cereal. It was some brand name <laughs> or something like that in order to win a yeah. competition and some money. And that made the papers. But I can't think that you'd want Kill, Die and Gun in there. <laughs> I mean, this was about the time when you would have Golden Palace doing all those stupid, like, stunts to advertise their gambling thing. Oh, yeah. Didn't someone get a tattoo on their forehead? Yeah. yeah. What happened to them? <laughs> if I was working in the office where people come to change their names, I would have seen so many stupider ideas for name changes than Kill, Die and Gun that I wouldn't be that concerned about this one. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's other names involved. Those are just three that have been specifically chosen to make it seem like a conundrum, when in fact, if we knew them all, yeah, it would be really obvious. I think that's where we're going. Oh, like I'm going to kill and make die this person with a gun. <laughs> that's wait, that's more concerning. That's, that's way more <laughs> concerning than the words kill, die and gun. That, that's a plan. This is it. <laughs> I'm trying to find a reason to be concerned about just like an idiot trying to change their name. Right. And are the words in that particular order? Because he could have picked like one one word from every letter of the alphabet and just given himself 26 middle names. 
I don't know if there's a maximum length you can have. I mean, there is in databases, but... There's a maximum in the passports and things like that. Yeah. Discovered that with mm. my son. I will say, the name is incredibly long. Uh, thought it might be. All right. Mm. Was it the lyrics to some song? It wasn't the lyrics to a song, but you're, you're not on the wrong track. That's not the wrong flavour of incorrect response. All right, I'll stop trying. I'll stop trying to anagram "kill Diane Gunn and David Fern" now to try and see if I can find something <laughs> yeah. in there. Save your anagramming for later. <laughs> so, a quote then, a quote from a famous, a favorite quote, or, or a whole bunch of Bond titles. A whole bunch oh. of Bond titles, mm. like what? Yeah, like "A View to a Kill," "Die Another Day," and "The Man with the Golden Gun." That is exactly what's going on here you've hit the nail on the well head well done scott good good, good catch of those how now i will say it's 2006 his name is every his middle name is every single james bond film in order that's his middle name what do you think the rest of his name is it's not david fern anymore bond james bond <laughs> the, the full name was james Dr. No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, You Only Live Twice on a Majesty's Secret Service, Diamonds of Forever, Live and Let Die, The Man with the Golden Gun, The Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker for Your Eyes Only, Octopussy of You to a Kill, The Living Daylights, License to Kill, Golden Eye, Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough, Die Another Day, Casino Royale, Bond. But it doesn't include Never Say Never Again. No, he's Which was the, the bo- not Bond movie, and yeah. it doesn't include the original Casino Royale, so just... So we know where we are. On the <laughs> and it does, season. unfortunately, include Die Another Day, which is awful. <laughs> <laughs> this man is a broccoli bond only. That's all he cares about. <laughs> Some people have too much time on their hands, don't they, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, good luck with this one. In Formula One, the Mercedes team is known as the Silver Arrows due to a mistake made with their 1934 car. What was the problem and solution? So one more time, in Formula One, the Mercedes team is known as the Silver Arrows due to a mistake made with their 1934 car. What was the problem and solution? It wasn't painted, so it was silver, and they painted it. No, I've, I've, I've got this one right away. Are you ready for this? I know it. Here it is. Here's the answer. Go on. I know the problem. They've got the car. It's on the track. They're ready to take it out. Weirdly, back then, they always used to race at night. They don't do it anymore, and here's why. A vampire comes right in. He steals the car. Wait, no. A werewolf comes right in. He jumps in the car. He's off. Like, the werewolf took the car. What are we going to do? Don't worry. Silver Arrow, the werewolf's natural enemy, can't deal with silver. Shoot it through the chest. Werewolf dies. They clean out the car. They race again in the morning. They get the Silver Arrow name. Sorry to ruin another question, Tom, but I got it. Yeah, maybe Jack Churchill was involved in that. Jack Churchill, he came... Here's the thing. <laughs> One of you two is along the right lines. Uh, it's either Scott, that it's something to do with the paint, or Bill, that it's a werewolf. Anna, <laughs> I'm going to let you just kind of pick between bring... those two. <laughs> I'll bring this home. <laughs> I think you got to start naming some other cryptids. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to go with Scott's original <laughs> thought process. I don't know um, why. And I'm wondering whether it's something... <laughs> I wonder if it gets something to do with the shape of the Mercedes logo. It is more to do with the, the paint or lack thereof. Oh. I think you're very close there, Scott, very early. The paint or lack thereof. Well, are the cars made of aluminium, so they're silver-coloured? What is a Formula One car made of? 
well, these days it's all carbon fiber, but there used to be, you know, yeah. a pressed metal. Or actually, in that era, it would have probably been hand bent, you know, materials. They wouldn't have had the big machine presses they have today. But aluminium, yeah, if it's unpainted, it looks pretty silver. And there's quite a few aircraft that are known by silver, whatever, because they're unpainted. Mm. Okay. But if that's the problem, that they didn't paint it, we're also looking for a solution. How do you, how do you solve that? Drive it into some paint? <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe because it was unpainted, it had more drag due to riveting or something, and they needed to paint over it. To, so, sorry, I, I hate to interrupt the creative process here, but I just want to drill down on drive it into some paint. I don't understand your problem, Tom. <laughs> you're driving. You're not going to stop to paint the car. So you set up a big thing of like a waterfall of paint in the middle of the track. They go through, they come out, problem solved. Now it's a painted car. I don't understand why you have a problem with this. The lack of paint wasn't the problem. Oh, okay. I wonder whether the paint did some kind of chemical reaction with the car. Because there's all sorts of stuff in paint. Mm. You're a material scientist. What are all the things in paint? Is that your job? No, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe it caused some kind of corrosion or the lack of paint would cause corrosion if it, Mm. you know, became rusty, maybe. Although if if the lack of paint isn't the problem, is the lack of paint the solution? Oh, I see. Yeah. But maybe the arrow is a uh, impression to do with them going fast in a straight line and then going straight yep. when they're supposed to turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The problem Ooh. was there was a bend in the road. <laughs> the problem was no steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, in this case, we are just talking about silver. Arrows, arrows was just a, a poetic term that came with it. But the silver comes from ah, the okay. lack of paint. So what did that solve? Yeah, what, what, what problems do you solve? Well, I mean, you know, you make your, your thing lighter because you're not carrying the weight of the paint. Right, yep. but it, I thought that Ooh. was the problem. It was called the Silver Arrow because it didn't have pain, and it turned out that it made it faster. It wasn't so much that it made it faster; it may have done because it would have been a little bit lighter. But also, this is on the Nurburgring back in 1934, so weight was not oh, so much well. a problem as the fact that you have to get around like 13 kilometers of terrifying curves. There was one specific problem here that meant it was outside the rules before they took the paint off. Huh. It was overweight. It was overweight. The car was too heavy. It was one kilogram over the weight limit allowed. So they sanded off the paint. There was a naked aluminium body underneath there. And that was silver. And since then, Mercedes has always been the silver arrows. There you go. We do that in space flight all the time. Sand down the rocket on the pad. Isn't that what one of the SpaceX ones did? They are—they're just like. Well, yeah, but the space shuttle, uh, the original fuel tank was painted white, and then they got rid of that, and it saved like almost a ton of paint. Wow! And that meant like a ton of extra stuff to orbit. Isn't one of the SpaceX ones just bare metal or stainless steel or something like that? Yeah, the the Starship is mostly bare metal, uh, most bare stainless steel. I guess when you're sending that much up into orbit that fast, a little bit of weight from the metal. Is worth the cost saving? I don't know how. I think it just all burns off. That's the thing. Scott, time for your question. What have you brought? Well, fed up with being the victim of petty crime, why did Mrs. Cooper reach for some canvas, a reel of thread, and a packet of fish hooks? And again. <laughs> okay. Fed up with being the victim of petty crime, why did Mrs. Cooper reach for some canvas, a reel of thread, and a packet of fish hooks? 
Home Alone. This is, this is, I don't know yeah. who she is, but this is the British reboot of Home Alone that actually ends up really <laughs> gruesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fish hooks a lot. Well, I want to say worse, but like Home Alone had a lot of like melting people's flesh on a burning hot door handle, dropping an iron on someone, setting people on fire. It was pretty gruesome. Fish hooks are par for the course. There's a YouTube channel I know called uh, Corridor Crew who do visual mm. effects. And oh, while yeah. I would, they they have edited Home Alone to be R-rated <laughs> and gruesomely violent by just making the injuries make sense in reality. <laughs> yeah, and like you don't have to change the tracks. I couldn't watch that. I genuinely, <laughs> I, I don't like gore at the best of times. And they they really did did work on the the scene where he stands on the nail. They they really they worked on that. They really hammered at home. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> Uh, there's something to do with petty crime here, isn't there? What sort of crimes was she fed up with? Being being stolen from? She was free-fallen. That's my only Tom Petty song. Art forgery. She's She's got canvas and thread and she's she's doing art forgery. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> no, canvas and thread. That's trying to catch an art thief. You put a, you put the thing on a little fish hook, you bait it with a with a priceless Rubens. And you wait for them yeah, to come yeah. by, and then you get them. You pull them back up. Yeah, you catch them in the canvas. Is that it, Scott? Have we, have we solved it? Was she fishing for art thieves? No. Ah. Not art thieves. No. Is it? <laughs> is it is painting canvas or like just canvas material? It's just canvas. Just canvas. I mean, thread and hooks is like fishing for stuff, right? Mm. Yeah. It it feels like it's going to be very painful. I think Tom and I had the same look on our face. We're just like, oh, fish hooks. Oh, oh no, Mrs. Cooper. Uh, <laughs> what's this a is fun a shot in the dark out of nowhere. And and if it's right, I'll actually be quite sad because I feel like I brought this question to, to a close very early. I mean, don't tell him. But there's something in my head about like protecting... Um, food from bears in national parks. Like, you, if, if you've got your, your picnic basket and you are camping overnight, you get... But you'd need a rope. But you, you sling it in a canvas bag and you pull it up over oh, a tree yeah. branch. But I don't think you'd use fish hooks and thread for that. The fish hooks are so when the bear tries to grab it, it goes... Rah! You know? To be clear, she was concerned about crying. Bear crime is a big problem. Have you not seen Cocaine Bear? Petty theft. Petty theft? That's the pettiest theft of all when a bear does it. There's a documentary about it. The bear's got a green hat and a tie on and a little little friend called Boo Boo. <laughs> yeah. That reference won't land for anyone under the age of 30. Tom, everybody knows Yogi Bear. <laughs> Do they? Do they? Yeah, he was that baseballer with all the aphorisms. I'm wondering, because to be fed up, of petty crime that means that a crime keeps occurring to her mm. until one day she snaps and she buys a load of fish hooks and twine so could it be yeah we've, we've mentioned theft but i wonder like what what else is classed as petty crime like vandalism maybe yeah vandalism mm. libel well, yeah you <laughs> what other kind of petty crime is there other than like art theft and vandalism oh like graf like well vandalism like graffiti was is a fair Thing. People keep painting your painting something on her house. So she builds an entire fake wall out of canvas and then pulls it up, <laughs> puts it back down again when they okay, come. Okay, it's not vandalism. <laughs> <laughs> Trespassing? Was she annoyed that people kept coming through her grounds, garden, house? Ooh. 
I, I mean, possibly, but I, I have to be that nerd who says that trespassing is not a crime in England. Um, we have the right to ramble. <laughs> no, we, do, we don't have that either. That's Scotland, but it's a long... It's no, a, that's Scotland. It's a, it's a civil civil thing. But <laughs> is it shoplifting? Uh, no, it's still theft, isn't it? Um, no, 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 no. I just said that art theft is not petty crime. Oh, art theft. Okay, so it could just be theft theft. Oh, fine. Uh, okay, so theft, theft is a fairly petty crime. Or, or depending on how much you steal, what do you what do you save mm. with canvas, hooks, and string? What do you, you build, stop people stealing? You build an enormous barrier that stops people. Mm. Well, what was her what was her aim? Was her aim to stop people thieving, or was it to catch the thieves in the act? Yeah, is or it a... to push fish hooks through their eyes as a punishment? <laughs> Specific on the <laughs> eyes, there, Anna. Yeah, <laughs> hey, that's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she changed her name to Mrs. I'm going to stick fish hooks through the eyes of this man, Cooper. <laughs> Origin of Jigsaw. Ah, oh, is it Jigsaw? Well, look, the hooks were supposed to be a nasty surprise for someone, right? They were sort of Ooh, like, okay. not in the eyes, surprise. Uh, no, it's just surprises, right? Did anybody else have, when you were when you were growing up at your local stores, did you ever have like like Lucky Dips? Like as a kid, mm-hmm. you could... You could pay and like just like rummage in the thing and take like a an unmarked package and be like, "That's yours." Like a just, just, no, yeah. but yeah. But I was thinking of Halloween candy in the US. People who just take <gasps> the entire Halloween candy bucket or a hundred things from it. But I don't think you'd want to do that with kids <laughs> reaching into the bucket and getting surprised. Fish hooks. That doesn't feel like no, no. If they grab, if they grab just one, that's fine. But if they try and take the whole bowl, it's rigged to the wire, drops the canvas oh. net with all the fish hooks, catches the kid. No. Oh, no. Instant horrifying Halloween you're costume. Right, you're right, Tom. This is a good plan. I agree with your plan, Tom. Your kid-catching trap that you've designed and patented, I think is a great idea. Real blood. <laughs> we've, we've, we've taken some dark turns on this episode, haven't we? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're so close. Just... Okay. It's a trap. So I'm missing the link to petty crime. Is it so petty that this is something that she has sewn in to the containers of $100 bills in her Monopoly set. Just like, you keep taking from the bank, you'll get a hook in the hand. Oh, my name's not Mrs. I'm going to hook your hand, Cooper. I think real money was involved. (sighs) Real money. I mean, not real money, but not fake money. Things with real value, perhaps. Yes. You're a thief. You're trying to steal. Mrs. Cooper doesn't want you to steal. What does she do? So I'm going to say, like, yes, the, the orientation of the fish hooks is really important to what she did. Orientation of the fish hooks. Think about that. Are you, you were so close with the Halloween ball. Wait, were the, were the <laughs> fish hooks intended for the criminal or to just attach something? Like, did she have a costume or something like that? They were supposed to be a nasty surprise. As I said, not through the eyes, but a surprise for somebody involved in the petty crime. Oh, oh, did people mm-hmm. keep stealing stuff out of her pockets? And so she sewed a fake pocket into her oh, coat and put a load pocket. of fish hooks in it so that when someone put their hand in and took it out again, then they'd get like a bleeding hand. That, that is pretty much it, but it was worse than a bleeding hand. They would pull their hand out and it would be stuck down in her dress by fish hooks. Oh, and she'd run to the police and they couldn't get away. Yeah, it like, literally would say, I am going to the police station and you are going with me. 
Good on you, Mrs. Cooper. I'm I'm not sure good on you is quite right for that, but... Hey, I support Mrs. Cooper. I don't like people stealing from old women. She's 82 years old, Tom. (laughs) Where did that come from? She's 82, and they just keep taking her medication. She's got all that tuberculosis medication. She keeps taking too much of it, but they sent her home with the right amount. She's on her way, and they try and steal it. And you want the thieves to succeed, Tom? I'm just not sure that... Massively being spiked with fish hooks is a proportionate response for that. <laughs> That's fair. Maybe not. It's not necessarily a punishment. It was a different time. Yeah. When was this? It was 1943. Stuff was happening, Tom. Uh, apparently, invention <laughs> ran in the family, or I wouldn't say ran in the family, but it was a family business because her husband was Peter Cooper, who actually built and designed one of the first steam locomotives in the US. Yeah. So innovation on every level. And his grandson was D.B. Cooper, who stole a million dollars and jumped out of a plane. In my head, this was like 2005 or something, somewhere in a (laughs) quiet village in Britain, and the, the context was very different. One final thing then, folks. At the start of the show, I asked where you'd see the letters C, D, E, F, L, O, P, T, and Z, hopefully. In the alphabet. Hmm... I mean, if they're not there, something's gone wrong with the entire world. So possibly not quite that far. All right, we got flop. We got cadets. <laughs> cadets flop. Without an A and with a You'll Z. You'll see him probably every couple of years or so. Well, you used to. These days are something more modern. Oh, my God. And in, a, in, a, in a census. Uh, um, oh, these are weird letters. I'm looking at my keyboard, like trying to keep track of the letters. Uh, the letters Fed. themselves don't matter too much, but they'd all be in different font sizes. Oh, is it on a on an eye chart? It's the uh, old uh, Snellen <laughs> eye test chart, yes. And these Oh uh, yeah, hey. I once went to the optometrist with my glasses off, and they the entire eye chart was just one gigantic letter <laughs> E. And I went, I have no idea what you're showing me. Yeah, these days they tend to use computer screens and like change up the letters yep. each time so you can't remember them. But that is the classic eye test chart. It is those letters. With that, thank you very much to all our players. Let's find out what's going on in your lives. Uh, Scott, let's start with you. Hey, yeah, you can find me on, on YouTube. I will probably be making videos about poop in space or nuclear weapons, possibly both <laughs> at the same time. Uh, yeah, just look for Scott Manley. Anna. You can find me online, Google Anna Pajaiski. Just give it a crack and it'll probably auto-correct to that, particularly if you type material science next to it. Um, I've got a book which is called Handmade, A Scientist's Search for Meaning Through Making. And Bill. Uh, you can listen to the podcast I make, Escape This Podcast, Solve This Murder. Another fun project I'm involved with is streaming live actual plays of tabletop role-playing games over on the Twitch channel Level 1 Geek. I have a lot of fun over there. We're probably in the midst or wrapping up by the time this comes out. A campaign where we all play various gods in a modern LA setting. I'm the god of awards and also a Scottish firefighter. It's a very strange situation. And if you want to find out more about this show, you can do that at lateralcast.com. There are video highlights every week at youtube.com slash lateralcast. And we are at lateralcast pretty much everywhere. With that, thank you very much to Anna Poshaisky. Bye. To Bill Sunderland. Thank you for having me. And to Scott Manley. Thanks for having me. Fly safe. I've been Tom Scott, and that's been Lateral. <laughs>